0: This is Carla Jack De Frampton. Hi, this is David Healy. Hello, this is Stephen Ferris. Hi,
1: I'm Bethany Farris.
2: Hi,
0: this is Joey Barton. And Jonas Gutierrez. Hi, this is Harry Kuehl. And you're listening to The Score.
3: I'm the score, like the
4: The Score, with Michael Clark.
0: And welcome along to The Score, here on Lisburn's 98FM and Bangor FM, with me, Michael Clark. We're back after a couple of weeks break. Did you miss us? I hope you did. We've certainly missed the football over these last four months. But, finally, we're just a few days away from the Irish Cup semi-finals, and that is our focus for the next hour here on The Score. We have a representative from each of the clubs, in the last four of this prestigious competition. What have they been getting up to? What does a return to play look like? How is their fitness? Is their preparation good enough to get them to a final? And will they need all five of their subs? All that and more, right here on The Score. The Score with Michael Clark. Yes, thank you for joining us again. Welcome along to the programme. It's great to be back. This is the first of two special programmes. Next week it'll all be about the final. But before we get there, much like those clubs, we need to get through the semi-finals first. Monday will be televised. Both games live on the TV. And no, sadly, you can't go along and enjoy them. So wherever you choose to watch the game, I'm sure it'll bring some comfort knowing that your favourite players, your favourite teams are back in action. Now, that's true if you support those four. Even if you don't, I have a hunch you're going to be delighted that there's some live football from Northern Ireland on the TV and you'll probably still bring yourself round to watching it. So on the programme today, who are our guests? Well, still to come, we'll be hearing from Balamina Assistant Manager Brian McLaughlin, who may well be leading his team out. As things stand, he'll have to due to David Jeffrey's suspension. We'll certainly know more about that before the game, but not necessarily before the end of this programme. We'll also be hearing from Paddy McLaughlin, the Cliftonville manager, in a week where the Cliftonville strollers have been successful. Very encouraging in terms of the Reds' future. But what about their present and their big game against Glen Torren Plus we'll hear from Glen's boss, Mick McDermott. Could they be heading back into Europe? Before we do that, our first guest is co-rain manager, Oren Kearney. The Score with Michael Clarke. Oren, what a way to get started back in competitive football. Your better rivals, Ballymini United, stand in your way of another final.
4: Um, yeah, it's, it's, I'd obviously think when the draw was made... Um, back when things were normal, more than anything else, I think it was it was a tie probably that everybody looked at, and, and I think maybe historically there hasn't been a semi final or something like that since 70s or 80s or something. So um, I think for both clubs and for the whole northwest that sort of area, um, it was an exciting time and one that everybody was looking forward to. Um, I think obviously with everything that's happened since then, um, it's probably got a, a different feel about it now than it had a few months ago.
0: Yeah, I think it was 1970, the last time the two teams met in an Irish Cup semi-final. Uh, Ballymena fans will be slightly happier with the outcome, uh, albeit they didn't go on to win that final. But, um, you know, this is always a special game and we know what Boxing Day is like. How different do you think it's, will it feel to be an Irish Cup semi-final, granted there's no supporters there?
4: Um, yeah, I think it's, it's the unknown probably for everybody that's the, the part that's very, very hard to, to prepare for. Um, because no matter what we all say or what we all think, um, it will be a surreal scenario and it will be very different to to what number one would an Irish Cup semi-final would normally look like Number two to what a derby would look like and number three to what football looks like as we know it in general, if you know what I mean. So, um, I think when you, when you add all those things into it, it, it very much will be a different scenario. You know, the, the use of changing rooms, half time, all that type of stuff will all just be, be different on and the, on and, and and probably the, how quiet the ground will be. So, um, there are, there's things that listen, everybody will have to contend with and, and it's just about trying to make sure that everybody's ready for it being a, a different scenario.
0: Very unusual time. I mean, what, Is the players' level of fitness like after such a big break? I know they've been trying to keep fit with personal routines and you would be checking in with them and stuff, but it's not match fitness?
1: No, it's not match
4: fitness. And the only way, obviously, you can get match fitness is by by playing matches. So um, to be fair, our players are probably the same as everybody. You know, they all look after themselves well and they've all come back in in good shape from a a health and fitness point of view. The key thing is trying to get that football-specific fitness back again, Um, which, let's be honest, you can't do overnight. And if you do try and do overnight, probably has grave dangers of injuries and and everything else that goes with it. So so from that point of view it's about um, trying to bring people up to speed um, as safely as possible Um, but but obviously there's a time limit and a time frame on that as well which makes it that bit trickier.
0: Have you been able to get a couple of games in behind closed doors?
4: yeah we've been able to get um get a couple of games in and and to be fair you know the training and the attitude and application of players has been brilliant and there has definitely i think been that relief and that enjoyment of of getting back into um back into training and 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 the couple of matches have went well you know we've got a lot out of the games as well so overall we've been happy with you know we only had two and a half sort of four weeks to to, to get this all up and running, and, and we're happy with how it's gone so far. And, and, and thankfully, um, we've picked up no injuries and, and, and we're ready to go for Monday.
0: Does it feel anywhere like being back to normal? Obviously, nice to see everybody again, or, or does it all feel a wee bit odd still?
4: Um, the, the training itself, when you get going, and once the warm up's done, and we get back into doing what, what, what a normal session looks like, that whole that whole window of an hour and a half or whatever it may be all all feels normal and looks normal I suppose it's just the, the pre and post aspect of it in relation to what it looks like to get into the ground and then after the ground you know with no changing facilities or shoring facilities and stuff like that there so um, there are parts of it that feel extremely normal and then there are other parts of it that feel extremely <laughs> off the cuff and, and, and weird from that point of view but as we say it's just it's the nature of where we're at at this point in time and we have to just
0: get used to it After a, a lot of space speculation and waiting i mean we know what's happened with the league now and and how everything has finalized second place is it slightly bittersweet in a way when you were still obviously and with a chance of winning it
4: yeah we'd have loved and we said it from day dot we'd have loved the the opportunity to to complete it and we and you know yes landfield were in the driving seat make no bones about that um but we felt we had momentum and we felt you know we still had to play them once and there was a big big um, unknown, I suppose, about how the final seven games would have gone, and and, and I think it's maybe that, that bit of the what-if that we'll never know and never get the answers to, which is slightly disappointing, um, because it would, I think it would have been a hell of a finish to, to a brilliant campaign.
0: I mean, I'm sure when you were uh, getting ready for this season, you weren't thinking about, well, if we don't Get a treble, I'm going to be really disappointed.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, and and then I suppose that's the other side of it, where um, you know you can get very caught up in, in the moment of, of where we were at that point in time and where things were at. And I suppose when you zoom out of it, then a second and, and realise that the progress that we've made this season and, and, and where we did end up in the league and 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 having got the league cup and and, and still in the last four of the Irish Cup, um, you know we have to be very happy with our with our work to date um, and, and how the boys have applied themselves.
0: When you look at the other semi-finalists, I mean, Balamina and Cliftonville have had a very long wait for the Irish Cup 31 and 41 years. The fact that you won it in 2018 and a lot of those players are there, does that help, do you think, in terms of the mentality if you've been there and done it?
4: You hope so. And again, even the cup final against Crusaders there a few months ago, which was... Um, you know, a tough game we had to come from behind in as well and showed a bit of character in that game. So you're hoping that those experiences will have a, will have an an impact on the players and they'll be able to draw on those experiences when it comes to the, um, to the occasion. As we've mentioned already, the the problem, the occasion just will be very different this year in relation to what we, what we know as an, as an Irish Cup semi-final as such. So from that point of view, it is just important that, um, that the players are ready for, for, for everything, I suppose, that, that the day will pose.
0: And is you know for you picking a, an eleven, which is never easy for any manager anyway, but um you don't have form to go off as such I mean is it gonna be based on previous reputation or or just how they've looked since they've come back?
4: No, it's to be honest, it'd probably be more based on on how players have come back, you know we're we're. I think during a season, and, and as the season goes on, you always say players put money in the bank, and players put performances in the bank in relation to that aspect. I think for me, we're at the start of something new here. I think the break's been that big that st- it's still hard to classify it as last season from my from my mindset. So, you know, we spoke to the players when they're right back in that it was a clean slate for everybody in relation to uh, people that had performances in the bank and people that had. um that we're in good form, whatever else. That that was great at the time and everything else, but the key thing is to go out and show it in the three or four weeks of training and games that we've got um, to ensure that it's still there. So um so no from that point of view it wouldn't be one where, where you just um stick with last season as such.
0: And another player obviously worth mentioning is Curtis Allen. I'm I'm sure you're disappointed not to have his services.
4: Um yeah it's 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 an unfortunate scenario for Curtis and and it's one probably that we're still waiting on as such because um, you know, I see Cliftonville's appeal and, and, and Ballymine's appeal in relation to, and, and I think the key, the key thing behind both of their appeals is that these players wouldn't have been suspended in normal circumstances because of the Covid scenario. And, for us, the Curtis is, under, is in the exact same boat. That only because of the scenario of COVID, Curtis isn't able to play um, in the semi-finals. So, you know, from our point of view, if 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 those if they are overturned from that point of view, from a Clifford and Balamina point of view, we would expect the Curtis one to happen exactly the same because it's 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 no different um, in any way, shape, or form.
0: Very surreal when you factor all that in and your preparations. The fact that everybody's waiting to see who they have available because they don't actually know themselves yet. <laughs>
4: yeah, and again, it's probably not not ideal for teams if you know what I mean. When when you have different players in different positions with that, um, with that hanging over their heads. So, um, and again, it's probably just the nature. It's just of you know what the last three or four weeks and and few last few months have looked like. If you know what I mean, there's been a lot of things you know that have dragged on a bit and uncertainty and everything that goes with it. And this is probably just another example of that, which I don't think is ideal for anybody moving into um, a semi final.
0: We know, obviously, the new transfer window is the 1st of August. We've seen some teams hint at their business and announce players already. Um, Will Curtis Allen officially be announced on the 1st of August as your player?
3: Yeah,
4: well, the pre-contract has been been adjusted, I suppose, now from the start of July to the start of August. So there's no doubt, obviously, Curtis will become our player on the 1st of uh, August from a registration point of view. Um, The argument all along is we felt that Curtis always had an entitlement as part of his deal to to take part in the Irish Cup semi-final um, because if Covid hadn't happened that opportunity would have been in front of him in May time or, or April time or whenever it may may be so um, it's unfortunate for him and, and, and a pity but it is it is what it is
0: And the gentleman's agreement would that be in place still if if he were to reach a final after um, the disagreements that have happened in the last while? There,
4: there's no such thing as a gentleman's agreement in relation to a lone player and again that's just probably an urban myth that's out there The the rules... I think it was about 10 or 15 years ago in the Irish League, it was possibly the rule changed because somebody was put out of an Irish Cup because a lone player scored against them. Well, possibly Rory Hamill, but that had have been right. Um, for, Could be right, yeah. For, for maybe, was it Donegal Celtic against Glen or something? I'm not a hundred. Something like that rings in my mind. So in, in the writing of, of the rules of, of professional contracts in Northern Ireland, controlled by Niffl and everything else, is that a lone player... No matter what the two managers or no matter what the two clubs feel, you're just not permitted to play against the team you're, you're the team that you're on loan from. So, so Curtis didn't play and couldn't play against Glentoran whenever we played them in the league, and it was nothing to do with, with. There's no agreement. You don't need an agreement because the rules are black and white in relation to it's just not allowed. He's not he's not available um, to play, and it takes out that grey area to ensure that that they don't come back. I suppose and bite the the bum of the team that that they're on loan from, if you know what I mean. Um, so th- th- there never was an agreement because there was never one needed, quite simply, because of the rules that are in place.
0: Well, I'm very glad I asked that question now because uh, an urban myth addressed, but it's something that definitely people have been speculating around, is not it?
4: Yeah, and it and, and it's pure black and white, as I say, and in, in the rules of in the rules of the game, and, and I'm nearly sure it was only changed in the last ten, fifteen years, and I'm and I'm. I'm sh- I think it was Irish Cup fifth or sixth round. I think the Donegal Celtic put out Glen Torn possibly. And it was Rory Hamill who was on loan, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he was on loan from Glen Torn to Donegal Celtic. But that rule didn't exist at that point in time. It was down to a gentleman's agreement or whatever else. Um, and I think it was with incidents like that and things that happened like that, they took the common sense approach to say, listen, we'll take it out of the hands of the clubs or whatever else. And it's just, it's quite simple. It's a rule in black and white there. Same as England, Scotland and everything else. You're just not permitted to play against the, the club that loans you.
0: I know we're all sort of waiting on announcements from the executive and the Irish FA and Niffel will obviously then react off the back of that. So we're not sure of a of a start date, but um, what does it look like if, say, you get to the Irish Cup final after that? Are the players back in holiday? Do you keep training with them? Do you know yourself?
4: Well, well we obviously will have our, our Europa League game on the uh, around the 20th, I think it is, of August. So for us, this is part of our pre-season, I suppose, in relation to Ideally, we'll carry on training and we'd look to get a couple of friendlies and um, whatever else to keep getting the boys up to uh, as high a level as we can in, re- in relation to the European match.
0: And then, hopefully, the league doesn't take too long to start back after that fact.
4: Well, uh, again, I think you're probably looking, and again, I'm only surmising, but you would, I would assume it's going to be around October time, you would say. I think the one thing we're all adamant on is crowds need to be present um, for the functioning of a league. like, It's okay to do a one-off like we're doing with Irish Cup or whatever else, but the ability to run week in, week out and, and play matches, I think we all know for the sustainability of all clubs that we need crowds there. So... Um, to me, it will be middle of late October. I would expect would be the earliest that you would expect to see um, the league resume again. And if that is the case, then we, maybe we, after Europe, possibly take a bit of a break for a few weeks uh, before we start in
3: earnest again.
0: I'm sure Corran fans will be screaming at the radio here about the Irish Cup final. Should you make it? And uh, uh, I'm wondering your thoughts on it. You know, do you think if you're a gambling man, would there be fans at it?
4: I don't know. It's very, very hard to surmise. And again, for me at this point in time, I'm not that, I'm not that Karen, if you know what I mean, in relation to uh, the only thing that's in, I think, when you get back into this stage and where we're at at the minute. My focus is totally on the semi-final and trying to get through the semi-final. And, and if we don't make a final, I've no care <laughs> about whether the fans are there or not, if you know what I mean. And and if we are fortunate enough to get through on Monday, then that's some type of conversation that can take place on Tuesday or whatever else. But for the time being, it's not something that's been on on my radar or the club's radar because you know we're we're not silly enough to to look beyond the task that lies in front of us.
0: And just finally, Oren, how glad are you to be back and to to have these things to worry about again after such a long time off?
4: Yeah, it's great, and and you know even you know even people talk about mental health and everything that goes with it. Even the interactions of 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 people and to be out there and to be interacting with people again and and teammates and and staff and everything that goes with it. It's 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 great to be out there again and great to have that bit of bit of normality and bit of. Fun again as well, because as much as a, a lot of it's serious and a lot of it is obviously about winning games and and the task that lies ahead and all the rest. But there's a big part of it that you know pre and post training and and the bits and pieces around it, in between drills and everything else, where there's a lot of fun and and a bit of and a bit of crack and everything else, which which there's a lot to be said for as well in relation to you know, the current climate we're in and all the rest. So it has been nice in that part, I think, for everybody associated with the, the club. And I'm sure all other clubs will, will say the same. has been refreshing and has been really nice to be out and be a part of again.
0: Well, it's been great speaking to you on the programme today. Thanks very much for coming on.
4: Not a problem. Chat soon. Thank you. The Score with Michael Clark.
0: Fantastic getting the views of the co manager, Oran Kearney. On the score we were speaking earlier on this week, before the IFA's announcement that supporters would be allowed into the final, I don't think Oren will be the only manager though that has that view. If they aren't there, they won't care. Now we move on to their arch rivals, and what a story this is setting up to be, but complicated too in terms of their preparation. If you're of a Balamina persuasion, because at the moment they don't know if their manager will be managing them for the final. That is due to a suspension he picked up against Corain and we're waiting the result of that appeal. Which means it could be Brian McLaughlin, the assistant manager, taking charge on Monday. I caught up with him and began by asking him just how strange is it preparing for a game without knowing who's leading the team out. It's it's as strange
1: as the the pandemic. It's, It's dragged on and dragged on and dragged on from the first case that was overturned to this other one that that's it's outstanding. Plus I mean Cliff and i are in the same mood. Okay, there's discussions and debates about it but it, you sh- you like to think you got it sorted early so people know where exactly where they are as opposed to wait a couple of days prior to the event to, to, to try to determine whether David's gonna be there or not. But it is what it is. We're prepared anyway, so we'll take it in the chin whenever way it goes.
0: Well, you know, I, I guess if there was ever a pairing that could make it work it's you and David, you've been joined at the hip for quite some time.
1: <laughs> was it David and Brian or Brian and David? If he's forever, <laughs> if everything he mentions football, he mentions me now. So the players, the players rib him a little bit around, uh, which we are joined at the hip. But we've been in it well over 20 years, so we knew each other um, hand in glove, so to speak. And uh he can think the same now I know what he's going to say he knows what I'm going to say I just pick up from the parts that he's there and carry on so it is it is really straightforward there's no there's no clash or there's no uh, difficulty in, in understanding what needs done
0: you know in normal times and these aren't normal times I appreciate that the manager who suspend it would be stuck in the stand and the players wouldn't be able to hear a word he says because all the fans would be making a racket in an empty stadium I think David might still be heard if he wants to I was just going
1: to say that. no, Windsor Park's the biggest stadium, but no, it wouldn't drown out David. You know, he's been there before. <laughs> <laughs> and from Rose Ed, you, the players would still hear him on the touchline. So uh, I think he's planning to bring a megaphone just in case he has to get somebody on the far side of the pitch. But no, he, he he's big and bold and loud and can be heard. So he's not have any difficulty in making himself heard or his presence known.
0: It's strange, isn't it, as well, how these games have ended up Panning out because it's the last game that all four teams played before lockdown is now the semi final.
1: <laughs> I didn't realise that. That's crazy. That's crazy. But sometimes Football throws up those those anomalies that are, are hopefully we we can overturn it. This thing was and Korean in the match. That that must have been the match then that that uh if it was sent off on them.
0: Yep, that's the, the very one, the 2-0 oh, no. defeat. So it's obviously not factored into your team talk, judging by that reaction.
1: No, not at all. Not at all. I, I didn't realise, but it's been so long ago. I think for all the teams, it's been a difficult situation. But all you can do is prepare the best way you can, given what's been put down in front of us, and, and trying to get there. And uh, this is a whole, totally new scenario. So we'll, we'll attack it head on.
0: How have you found it getting the players back into training? You know, even on a a human level, it must just be nice to see everybody again before you worry about all the serious things, match fitness, etc. Mega
1: like it was really, really difficult, really difficult. You no, know, from we were we were set up that we weren't going to come back at all, mentally set up, weren't, weren't going to come back. We had the players uh, doing training on Strava, um, so we were doing an, a limited amount of training, but. No, it wasn't structured the same way it would be when we when we are training. So yeah, well, that was going on. Some of them were riding bikes, some of them were uh, just out running, some of them were walking and running, and, and maybe doing some some high hand, intensity cardio work. But when we when we, we when we actually got to the point where we we're going to come back, it, it was a logistical nightmare. Oh, no' it was the last thing you wanted to come back. is to train in small groups of five, plus people plus one coach. So. It was really difficult to try to get that organized to get us a training facility and security to get us in the facility that was closed and organise ourselves in terms of the spraying, the cleaning, the temperature checks, the questionnaires. Players were travelling by themselves, not to the shard the ground. It was it was really uncomfortable. It wasn't really something you look forward to do and you're questioning why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? At the same time, people maybe thought that because players in England and the premiership has already started, people think it's back to normality, but it's far from normality. Far. I mean, the players in England are tested twice a week. Every player, but still the staff are are, um, at the sidelines with precautions and the physio with precautions. So it was really difficult to mentally start the players off and try and keep them away from being so jovial to be seeing each other again. Because, you know, players are like, once they're back together, they, they, do, they, they do congregate together. So it was difficult, that part. But rapidly, the situation changed around how many people could be coached and trained together. And, and that kind of brought it to some normality. Um, but still, the players arriving having trained, uh, at the ground shot, uh, with their equipment on, um, bringing no water bottles to and from the ground, everything being sanitized. We got into a bit of a norm a new norm and by now it's it's com- it's comfortable you know what you have to do but it's far from it's far from what it used to be
0: You've painted a brilliant picture there I mean and that is a stark reminder of where we are at the minute obviously you know it's been a very surreal, but a very serious four months. You can lose sight of that with everybody's uh, desire to see football again because we know it brings so much, not just to uh, those involved who play it and, and coaching it and obviously reporting it, but also for supporters as well. And there's so many people can't wait to sit down in front of their TV and watch Ballymena United again. But, um, you know, everybody's had to make massive adjustments here.
1: have. And supporters who uh, may be closed off from what's going on don't see what actually has gone on? I mean, everybody has to have a COVID nineteen officer. We're trying to put as much media out as, as we can, but most of the training sessions were behind closed doors. We have played two games; and they've been behind closed doors, and that's surreal. Only only a limited amount of players, and in, in the arena, only a limited amount of staff, and a limited amount of board members in the arena. So it's, it, it still puts it on a footing where you know this isn't normal. Um, like like the David, who works in the health course, so, uh, he. He's closer than I would be in terms of what's going on in society. But when I go, out, you feel people returning to normality or trying to return to normality, which is good in one sense. But on the other side, the virus has never went away. So you still have that in the background. But people will still question you. And if you bump into the support, they'll ask you, well, what do you do? And you know, at corners, people touch each other at the ground. People, although they're not able they spit the players, uh, they, they can do. I mean, there's no one gonna come on in the pitch in the fifty fifth minute and clean the spittle off the ground. Yep. So there still is a risk that's there. We were tested within a week of coming back, but we haven't been tested since. So still you're still on a tender footing if someone does come down ill. Um so so and I mean if someone was to come ill ill in the last next couple of days with the games we played on Monday?
0: That's <laughs> a very good question. That's no. a very good question. And I'm not certain we have the answer to that at the moment. Um, no. You know, we've seen the protocol elsewhere. They try and close off an individual to isolate, but the other players wouldn't really have enough time before the match. You would have to think they would all need tested uh, in that case. And then there's expense. Yes. And is the yeah. is the finances sitting ready available? Are the, are the testing kits available? I don't know the answer to that.
1: No, I know that te- we. When, it, when we first kicked off around what should be done and, and, and the AFN never agreed that they would uh, fund testing. So we were keen that we test early rather than later because what's the point in testing people two days prior to a game? All your preparation is key. So I think the satisfaction of knowing that everyone is clear, staff included, to train gives you a confidence that you can carry on. And, and unless you're doing something are very unlucky, to catch the virus and spread the virus that everything could be fine. But to go week in week trying to take training, organise what we're doing, actually partake in, in it, and think someone could be down with the flu or take like, symptoms or someone could have a sore throat and everyone's in alert. I mean when it happened at Linfield way way back, it seems like years ago it whenever does. their player whenever their player picked it up then everything was closed down quickly. But I think the way things about society have moved on a bit. It's not such a, such a big big fear factor. But, I mean, up in, in London there those Gaelic clubs you know, very quickly had to close down because some people were tested. Moy Park, some employees were tested in balamina just two days ago, and a lot were positive. So it's still around. It's still there. We need to just understand it and, and make sure we're, we're back to play. We're only back to play this game. Maybe the that to get there, but thereafter we stop. And whenever we start again, who knows?
0: Well, if you win the final, you've all all of a sudden got Europe to, to think about as well, so then you'll be you'll be in the August playing matches too. Sounds fantastic. <laughs> you would take it for all that comes with it, wouldn't you, Brian? <laughs> I don't know. But you no know, for
1: us But for us to go to win the cup by self would be a phenomenal achievement. Um You'd have to address the European situation after that uh, if that was a problem. But it's an X problem to have. But right now, we're focusing on playing a semi-final. We see where that takes us. And that's all we can do.
0: What are the levels of fitness like? I mean, is there anybody who's an injury concern as such? Because I'm, I'm sure clubs have picked up knocks, coming back to games, having not played anything like a competitive match in so long.
1: Well, you, you, read, you read and watch other sports to see the concerns they have and the whole situation around the number of substitutes is, is trying to mitigate against the overexertion of some of the players that this water break after 22 minutes and we've played a couple of training games um but very few of the players have played uh, the entirety of a the game they've been t- they've been they've been taken off the pitch so we we've kind of tender or look, look after them to make as best we can. But at the same time, some of them have picked up some injuries. Now they're recovering. There's no bad injuries, but it's, it's muscle tears or muscle strains um, that, that, uh, that they're, they're, they're going to pick up. And I mean, the whole discussion around um, extra time, if, if, if it would get that far, I mean, is, is another exertion on players who haven't been as fit and as conditioned as they normally would be because remember we're training for five weeks to play a match in normal pre-season you know, you'd be probably playing six, seven weeks before you would play but you would have had seven, eight friendly matches of, of 90 minutes duration and players playing at a high level in those we have been, haven't been able to do that so it's still a concern around who who's there I can pick up injuries the extra substitutes can help but we just have to manage and watch. And if anyone feels any strains at all, we just pull them out. But when it comes to the match in seller on, on Monday, we just have to play as best we can and, and look and be concerned about some of the players that maybe show fatigue or someone does pick up a slight strain. You know, but you're caught then. Do you take them off or not? You know, so you know, we don't know when we're going to return. So if a player gets injured, well, he could be injured yeah. for three months and we're still not back. Or he could be injured, and you get through to the final, and he's out of the final. So you just have to manage it as best you can, and make a decision as you see see fit at the time.
0: Yeah, it's uh, definitely a very different way of thinking. I'm sure supporters, when they're sitting in front of the TV on Monday, won't be chanting. It's the taking part that counts, mind you.
1: <laughs> no, they'll be looking at it as if it's normal, as if, if it's exactly the same as the Korean match when we left, or the or the. The Catmull Glen Tour match, the way they left their match. So, what I noticed watching some of the Premier League matches and some of the German matches when they were on initially was that, although they're surreal, and and they're like friendlies, the first few of them and, and with the with the extra crowd noise, it made it kind of seem like normal. It's far from normal when I mean, you see Liverpool left in the Championship. <laughs> With all with our players in the stadium and a few guests, it was just it's surreal as well, and even with the background noise. But supporters will look at it thinking it's it's back the way you were, but it won't be. But players will give everything the, the way they are. You know, they'll give everything in the game as if as if they've been training and playing, and it, and it is a, a game in the middle of the season. But that's just that's just the competitive nature of sport. When you're out there playing, you, your mentality is that you're going to play to win. So. So, you you do that?
0: You most certainly do. Well, look, uh, certainly it gives us something to look forward to on Monday. Uh, It's a massive challenge for all the teams involved, so fair play to you having to answer that call. I don't know if you had much of an option to, but you're there uh, on merit, and uh, you might have a final to look forward to as well. So, Brian, best of luck for it.
1: we We didn't have a call. You said we didn't have much of a call. We were told we had to play the match. So... I know a number of the, the four clubs were unhappy that they had to play the match because everyone else that's in lockdown isn't training. We're training for five weeks to play a match. If you don't win the match, then it's been all wasted. So for two of the teams, it's going to be wasted. For two, it's going to be a positive outcome. But in, in a normal event, you, you have other games to play. If it's in the league environment, you've you've been playing and have other games to look forward to. But The teams that lose... That's you'd consider. Was this really worthwhile? But you know, we were told we had to play. We were there on merit, therefore we deserve we deserve the right to contest a semi final of an Irish Cup, and it's something you should look forward to and embrace. You may not get the semi final again, so it is a big occasion. Everyone will treat as a big occasion, treat it positively, and give their best. Hopefully, it's a successful outcome for us.
0: I'll tell you what, the Sky Blues haven't lifted it since 1989. I wasn't born when that happened. I was born the year <laughs> after.
1: Well, I couldn't say that. I think I was on
3: the planet then. Oh, you, you were three or four, were you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: It's been a while since that Paul Hardy goal. So I, I know the fans will certainly relish the occasion and uh, and just, I guess, go for it and, and see where it takes you.
1: It is, and the fans the fans at home with my boo converse in houses or, or places that they like frequent <laughs> to watch the game to give it a bit of an atmosphere i mean in and in, in, in Premier league football that people would probably put screens on and 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 try and get people in to have an atmosphere but that itself now you can't do because it brings some similar problems you know I don't think people I think in Ballymena there was a was a bit of a shindig on where it was like a drive in country on western night and and it was set up in the car park not far from us so you could see it. But I can't imagine supporters for the Irish Cup driving into the Ballina in their cars to watch a match on a big screen. <laughs> you may as well sitting, sitting in your front room watching the TV. Um, the now, beer. when you that's
0: say you there was country and western on, were you watching it or attending it? Um,
1: no, it wouldn't have been attending. No, and <laughs> no, that's not my style. That there were, it was. a sort of stage was there, and we were training the nights before, so it was on. But the party was very successful. No um,
0: fair uh, play to them. Was I was just wondering what you do see doing, Brian.
1: <laughs> no no definitely not definitely not
0: <laughs> there you go no, an exclusive definitely. to finish on here on The Score Brian McLaughlin it's been a pleasure thank you thank you Michael thanks very much pleasure for me as well
1: The Score with Michael
0: Clark well there's a little flavour of what you have to look forward to Ballamina against Cole Rain semi-final one shaping up nicely and I'll be on commentary for that one at Windsor Park on Monday I'm Very excited to get back to a game of football. I'm sure that'll be the theme for our next guest, won't it? Cliftonville manager Paddy McLaughlin was on the programme not that long ago as a special guest. We got to know him a little bit better, shared some of his story. But I caught up with him after training on Thursday night. He's been a busy man. I'm sure they all have. And we began by talking about just how good it feels to get back to competitive action.
3: Yeah, it's great to be back, surely. And um, the boys have been looking forward for 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 the last few weeks They've been back at training. You know, um, when the league was you when know, the league was closed down and, um, everything was crap, we thought the Irish Cup was going to be the same. Was it would have been a real disappointment for the players because you know, they player hard, they get this far, and they were looking forward to they having a, a go at it. And, you know, we thought we lost it there at last stage, but once we got the goal, we to go ahead, they started back training. And the boys have been delighted. And, Fair play, let have come back in good shape, and they're they're all
0: now. They well, that's a good sign for you. I'm sure you'd expect nothing less, and you've had some friendlies as well to to get people back to match fitness. Um, right. obviously, you're happy with what you've seen so far.
3: Ah, uh, so far so good. You know the the training's been excellent. Um, but the only downside it when, when you do play friendlies in the intensity of the game is it's completely different from the intensity of training sessions. So we picked up a couple of knocks along the way, but so we'll be. We'll be a few players up now in Cottonwood for the next couple of days and hopefully they can get them all to mm-hmm. that all clearly playing, play. But that happens, you know, when we, we do play, uh, especially the opposition we play, we've had really, three really tough games against Liga sides shamrock overs Van and Derry City. So those three tough games, they try and get us and they sharpen us up. And just unfortunately, we picked up a couple of injuries in them games.
0: I mean, the Irish Cup is the all-elusive one for Cliftonville supporters. And I'm sure you've had plenty of people telling you the significance of it down the years. How much would it mean to you to come through the semi-final first of all, and potentially go on and win it?
3: Well, Michael, to be honest, we, we haven't really spoke at, at, at all of the final. Um, I do know how long I've been reminded once or twice up here right now <laughs> about how long it's been since, since the club, club has won the cup, and it's crazy to think how long it's been since they've won the cup. with such so many great sides the New year's and years, a league title, won a size and you know it's, it's, it's crazy to think that they haven't won it. But you know we haven't even we haven't. Even, uh, had that conversation about players that the sole focus is on Monday. Real tough game against a good side, against Glen Thorn. I think McTenner's done a great job on He's got them playing good football as well. So it sets it up for a good game, an entertaining game, hopefully. And we feel we can one, but I'm sure Glen Thorne will tell you the same.
0: As we're sitting here now, obviously, we're still waiting to hear back from your appeal. As things stand, no Harney and Brain. I mean, that would be a huge blow if that ended up being the case.
3: Ah, it's a blow, surely. You know, um, if that's the case, you know, to keep a suspension on them. It's crazy that they, 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 they think that they've decided that because we were told if it's on, it's on the book that the season was, was cancelled or so, so was the suspension. So they, they were, fu- were upheld. Suspension it's, it's a strange call, but you know, hopefully the appeal will go away. Um, if they're available, brilliant. and if not, they'll be disappointed. But they've got good players here who are prepared to step on. Um, and we've, we've, we've been blessed that we've got players even going to centre-half as well. So we'll, we're prepared for them playing, and we're also prepared for the bad playing. But, you know, it's, it's a strange call they've been, they've been the suspension has been upheld when uh, the season was, was, was So, But you never know. We'll see what happens in the morning, but we're we'll prepare for both the rounds.
0: I mean, and this is just one of the weird quirks that's popped up, isn't it? Because anyone who isn't feeling very sympathetic, maybe not a Cliftonville fan listening, you know, managers have to deal with suspensions all the time, but you're having to prepare for suspensions that might not even be in place.
3: I have to, Michael. It's, been, it's, been, it's, it's definitely had an effect on our preparations. You know, we haven't know we haven't it uh, too much, but... You're, you're playing on you're a friendly way. with two boys you don't even know who's going to be available, and then you're leaving them out, and you're thinking maybe they are going to be available. So it has had a slight tamper on the on the preparations, but not 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 a lot. Um, but like I say, the boys who have, have come on in the games that we played before, they've been excellent. So like I say, we're, we're more than we're more than happy with the boys coming on, in stepping on that that, that if, if that's the case.
0: And I mean, you've been busy with your coaching badges as well, haven't you? I mean, I know he's going to be your uh, your big rival come Monday, but he's kind of been your study buddy too, Mick McDermott.
3: I would just finished our, our, our pro lesson together. Um, I get on well with Mick. Always you know, he's, he's a good fella. He's he he's not afraid to speak his mind, and that's why I respect him a lot for. You know, he's, he's straight talking, and he's done a brilliant job at Grand Touring. So you know it'll be good to see him. I haven't seen him in a, in a few months now, but it'll be good to see him. But obviously when the when the, muscle, when the muscle blows, then it becomes. a he comes our biggest rival uh, for the next for the, for the next couple of years. He's, he's a good fellow and he's done a brilliant job. So fair play.
0: He's certainly been speaking very highly of Cliftonville. We've already heard that on this program. He said it throughout the season. Just how good uh, do you think this Glen Torren team are that you're coming up against?
3: I think they're I think they're, they're a really tough opponent. They've got some quality players right throughout their right throughout their team and their squad. They've invested well uh, at the start of the season. They've invested again in January. He's building up definitely a, 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 a squad of players that's more than capable of challenging for the league next year. So it's going to be a tough game for us. We understand that. But um, if, we're, if we can get, get our boys playing at the top of our game, um, I think we're, we're capable of beating anybody. And I will probably tell you the same about his players. So, you know, we're a good, really good side, really strong opponent, but we'll enjoy, we'll enjoy the challenge.
0: I put this question to him as well because someone had asked me it. You know, who does this Irish Cup mean the most to? Who would benefit the most from winning it? And you have to say with Glentoran's finances, uh, there's an argument that uh, you know you could do with winning it just for financial reasons. Let alone the glory. Let alone the European football.
3: Ah, I think obviously like the European thing's massive for players and as coaches and managers, it'd be a great achievement to play in Europe. And the finances are come along with it would help any club. We Glen Torn have a have a huge huge investor and they're lucky to they have that. Um, some some other clubs have the same, so for for a club of they they get into the European thing would be would be a massive boost. Um, not just on the pitch I would say one on the cup would be a billion, but for financially it'd be, it'll be a massive, massive laps. But you know, like I say, there's two, two, two tough games for anybody talking about one of the cups and anybody talking about European money. There's we have all got two tough games, just potential two tough games. So, we haven't looked beyond all at all. Uh, our focus is on, on and only.
0: And everybody's now looking at the transfer window as well. You know, If you were um, finishing the season strongly, I'm sure it even helps your case when it comes to trying to convince new players to sign for Cliftonville.
3: Uh, it's it. You know, it would definitely help our cause, but we, we haven't really looked uh, beyond the season. Um, next season, who knows when it's going to happen, so we haven't really been distracted too much about next season, and we don't even know when it's going to be. So. Um, but we'll see how this so we'll see where how, how long this, this cup run lasts before we, we start making plans for next year. So it hasn't we, we haven't really spoke to anybody, um, we haven't really made any plans either. Like I say, we don't know, we even know when next season is going to take place. So anybody that's been distracted try like plans for next year, they're probably something are gonna be. But I know some clubs have started their pre-season training and fair playing them, but until uh, so we, so we even know when next season is going to be, we will we'll not make any plans. For,
0: well, it's a nice change for a Cliftonville manager to go months without anybody speculating about Joe Gormley, at least, isn't
3: it? <laughs> That's it. Uh, you know, <laughs> we're, 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 we're blessed to have him, we're blessed that he's a Cliftonville he's a, he's a, a diehard as well. You know, so we're we're more, comfortable, more confident that Joe will be at the club for a long time, and I hope he keeps doing what he's doing. Because over the last seven or eight years, he's been a he's been top, top art cannon you know, and a top ten, and I'm not going to be because he's, he's one of the best about. us.
0: And uh, just before I let you go, we have to give a mention, don't we, to the Cliftonville Strollers uh, winning the Harry Cavan Cup. Um, brilliant achievement for them against the Institute.
3: Aye, uh, fantastic achievement for, for, for the young boys, The done a brilliant job producing young players for the first time. I think over the course of the season, we have made their de- first team debut. And it's all the hard work of the coaches at the, the development, right, 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 right from grassroots, right through, the, right through the club, producing young talent and just young players every year. And they gotta give a, a, the coaches all the credit and work for doing that. They've done a brilliant job. Fair played the young boys who one in the cup, I think here today. It was the first time in twenty years, almost twenty years. So great achievements. That's a big cup double for them. Um to their hard work and their talent and, and hopefully come couple season A couple of them will be will be introduced until in until the, the first team and, and unfortunately again until the, the first team for next year.
0: Well, it always, I think, helps the, the youth set up as well when they know and those coaches can say to the players, look, if you make an impact, you can break through. It isn't always possible, but you've shown that philosophy is one that you're happy. If the players are good enough, they'll get their chance.
3: Definitely, Michael. If the players are good enough, they're old enough. It doesn't matter what age they are or what name they've got on the back of their jersey. If they're good enough to play in the first team, they're good enough to take somebody's jersey in the first team. They're, they're, they're more than welcome to come on. And we've done that. We've proved that over the course of the season. Uh, I think like I said, we've eaten my eight or and fourth key players uh, I've been have come uh, also I've done the first team this year, Alexi young Arnold, hasn't passed a game for us all season. He's been, he's been top class right through the year under uh, nineteen years of age. It's crazy to think to the moral nineteen year's one of the best shots in, in the league. you know, so there's will definitely be opportunities for our young boys to play in the third team here.
0: Well, it's an exciting time for all the fans. I'm sure they just can't wait for Monday to come around. And uh, you must be in the the same boat as well. Rare to go. Um, have you uh, much in the way of training now for the next couple of days? Do you, or you go easy coming into it? What's the What's the final game plan like?
3: Well, like I say, mate, we played a friendly on Tuesday and we've a couple of injuries and yeah, coming back. on here tonight, so just finished nice training there. Didn't really do a lot. It was more recovery, and that'll probably be us now because there's so many players carrying knocks and nickels now. Um, we'll, we'll probably not do anything between now and Monday. We'll just have them stay stay at home and stay fresh because, like I say, the, the, the intensity of games is caught up with one or two of them and a couple of weeks out to the game. So it's, it's too big a match to be, to be, to be training between now and then. We'll probably just let the boys stay at home between now and Monday.
0: Well, I hope you've got uh, your, your five subs ready to come on if needs be. sounds like you might need it.
3: Oh, definitely. I think the squad will, will definitely be tested for the on Monday nights you know um, I can't imagine can't imagine going through through the 90-maners fight I can't have definitely. definitely um, so anybody who's on the bench could have a key role in, in the tie And likewise for all the clubs I think that the substitutions will be, will be used on maximum uh, over the next couple of games
0: uh, pleasure talking to you Paddy I appreciate you coming on to the programme and best of luck for Monday cheers Michael thank you
4: the score with Michael Clark
0: Well, the last time I saw this, man, it was in the last competitive round of league games. That wasn't yesterday. It just so happens that his opponents on Monday are the same as the team that he faced on that day, which, of course, is Cliftonville, the manager in question, the Glen boss, Mick McDermott. Mick, welcome on to the score. Uh, Thanks for having me on. It is incredible, isn't it? I mean, how these things come to be. You play Cliftonville at the Oval back in March. Little did we know on that day what was ahead of us.
2: Yeah, I don't think anybody foresaw what was coming. Um, I don't think anybody could the scale of what was coming. I think there was there was uh, uh, rumblings of uh, things around Europe or around Asia at that time, but I don't think we anybody felt that it was going to hit us so hard. But yeah, it, it's it's a long time ago, but it's nice to be back.
0: I'm sure it is. Um, I mean, on that day, we thought the big problem for the semi final was going to be whether you and Patty were in the country.
2: Yes, I remember that. You know what? That's the first time I, I, someone's reminded me of that. Um, Yeah, we were taking part in the pro-license. We actually just wrapped that up this week. Um, the IFA revamped things and did a lot of the courses online, online modules and interviews and presentations. So we actually just uh, wrapped that up this week.
0: Congratulations. All go okay?
2: Yeah, it seemed to went okay, Yep. Hopefully we all, we've all all come through it. I uh, forget it's been a long journey, but yeah. It was interesting, but, yeah, really good to get it wrapped up because it's always in the back of your head. You've got coursework to do and plans to make. So, yeah, delighted that it's over.
0: And having all that going on whilst you try and map out, you know, your club's return to play, arranging friendlies, getting everybody back to match fitness in time for a semi-final, I imagine it's been uh, a rather crazy time for you. Yeah, I mean, even
2: during the, the, the lockdown when you know, there was no training going on or there was no sort of contact with players. You know, I, I'm also a director at the club so it was it was non-stop. Obviously, we, we had to try and stabilize the club and make sure we come out the other end of this in, in, in a good way. Um, if you want to put it in simple terms, you know, all, every other club was doing the same so I think it was a case of you know, circle the wagons and see what we can do here to make sure the club's safe and, you know, take veil of some of the government programs and how could we keep employees uh, employed and how, how could we keep players motivated? And so, yeah, it was a, there wasn't much rest time, even though we were at home. It wasn't like we were sitting here in the back garden with our feet up. There was a lot to be done.
0: Just how stressful a period is that for a director of a football club and indeed for all of its staff, um, trying to keep everybody in the positions you want to keep them in?
2: Oh, it, it, was, look, it, was, it was a lot of work every day. I don't think there was a day passed where we weren't in communication as directors of the club to try to make sure that the things were, were running as smooth as possible. Obviously, there's there's fear involved of is the business uh, safe? There's employees involved, so are they safe in terms of financial safety, health wise? You know, are they safe? So there was a lot on the shoulders of not not just myself. We have other directors that do a lot of work. So, uh, but combined, uh, we got through it, and I think the club now is. Is in a, a sound financial footing, a sound footing to move forward and, and for the cup and beyond.
0: Obviously, when a massive spanner is thrown in the works in the league, there was going to be disagreements, and it probably was incredibly optimistic for anyone to think everyone was going to sit down, shake hands, and would all be back at it in some way with you know a unified front immediately. Just how frustrating was that process of trying to come to an agreement and ultimately it being taken out of your hands?
2: I think that the delay was the most frustrating part, that that weeks were going by without a decision or decisions. Um, So that was was probably the most frustrating for everybody, just the delay and, and the not knowing. Similar to what will happen now with the new league going to start, when is the 2021 season going to start? That'll be a frustrating period because nobody can give us a clear deadline yet of when we're going to start. So it was the same during the lockdown. Days and weeks went by. Discussions were being had, but with no goal in sight, people were becoming um, more and more frustrated as time went on.
0: And everyone's going to argue their own corner at the end of the day. That perhaps shouldn't surprise any of us.
2: No, not at all. I mean, the club's there to, um, to protect their own club. Um, the majority of clubs were in agreement um, at the end of the day, but uh, that, that seemed to not pan out as, as the majority had hoped. So... It's now moved on. It ended the way it ended, and we'll move forward. there's, there's I've moved past that now, and it's towards next season and, and the current games that are coming up.
0: What have preparations been like for the semi-final? I know you've had a couple of games behind closed doors.
2: Preparations have been fine. I mean, it's just a, a condensed period. I mean, we knew what was coming. Um, players have been working alone. Um, some had been doing a lot. Some had been doing less. Some have been doing a little but all had been doing something. Um, so the only difference coming back to this preseason was the range of conditioning levels from the top player to the bottom player. Usually after a four or five week off-season period, most players come back in similar condition because they've had a short break. So it's not as, not as tricky to plan and, and, and map out your training sessions. This was just uh, juggling more balls, basically. But I think we've come through it. We, we've, we're relatively healthy. Um, the the behind closed doors games or practice games or friendly games have went well for us so look yeah it was like i said it was juggling a few more balls but that's that's why we're here that's our job to try and figure things out
0: it must have just been nice to get everybody back
2: yeah i think the first it's always it's always difficult to take the first step um and that's for us as well you know when we decided to Ask the players to come back and meet with the players and staff. There's always the anxiety. They've been off for a long time. They've got concerns and fears and worries and questions. So, and we had we, we were I'm sure the same as every other team. But once the, the players and staff did get back that first day and the second day, then you could see they were actually we could see the smiles coming back on their faces that they thought, okay, you know, here we are again. And we could see sort of the, the enjoyment coming back. So after the first day or two. We noticed uh, that the players are back to themselves again
0: everyone looks at the Irish Cup of course as uh, something they'd love to get in their trophy cabinet every single season the club as ambitious as yours I'm sure is no different especially with the reward of Europe as well
2: yeah it's, it's to win any trophy whether it be the League Cup the county Androm shield um, is always good for any club you know to win a trophy is a really positive thing for the fans and for the players. But in the Irish Cup, obviously, with the the reward of Europe, is a, a different level. So we're no different. We're with the history of our club, we will. We're expected to have results. Um, this year, after the the takeover of the club on the fifth of July last year, the main target was to stabilise the club and make Glentoran competitive again. Um, we had no targets of you know qualifying for Europe or winning trophies or winning the league or was to make us competitive and build a squad that, that would make it difficult to play against when teams came to the Oval. And I think we did that. I think we clearly did that. And I have no doubt that if the 21 points that remained were played, that the top six standings would have drastically changed. So that that's the only disappointment that we have. So in terms of the football, we were we're, we're happy with where we got to, but we're not satisfied. And we're, we're happy that these games are taking place, the Cup games. So we can, we can put our cards on the table and show what we've got. I'm sure the other three teams are the same. They're looking forward to the games. There's a big prize at the end of it. And we'll be going first steam ahead to try and get it.
0: Someone had asked me the question earlier this week, you know, who needs it more? And it's a fascinating thought, isn't it? Because, you know, for your club, you think of the statement that would send out to everybody if you win that, get into Europe ahead of a new season?
2: Yes, it'd be massive. I mean, financially for us, um, it'll be a bonus. Um, financially, is it necessary? Probably not. Um, but like you said, the 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 belief that it gives players and the belief that it gives fans that we're on the right path, that's that's the the, the, the positive thing for me. Um, I think it's important for a club like Glen Thorn that you, you continue to make steps forward. And that would be a real sign that we're moving in the right direction. Not to say that if we don't win it, it's not a sign because I think There's a belief in our our fans. The fans have been coming back. They've been brilliant all season. Yes, there's been ups and downs. But for the most part, I think there's a belief now around East Belfast that Glen Torn is now climbing its way back to where it should be, and that's in the the upper echelons of the league.
0: Obviously, people always talk about the impact supporters have and the ability they they have to be the 12th man, to lift players when it's needed. Both clubs, obviously, uh, in the same boat in the semi-final. With no supporters in the stadium, how different is that to prepare for and to make sure the players mentally are in the right place and, and do everything for themselves to get you to where you want to be?
2: I, I, yes, the, the fans definitely play a, f- a part in, in the momentum swings in games. You know, you have got stadiums you go to, and you know the, the ball will go out for a corner kick, and the fans you know cheer, and it'll be a, a tackle, and the fans get a lift. So the momentum swings with the, the the mood of the fans so that, yeah that does happen in football games but at the end of the day for the player um, the player has to fulfil his you know he still has to do the th- same things when he loses the ball he still has to do the same things when he wins the ball so if they if they just keep their thinking on what's my next task what's my next task what's my next task then it, it's, it's nothing really changes for them yes the emotion is taken out of it somehow but the actual performing their role within the game doesn't change and we've seen that with the couple of games we've played behind closed doors you know they've they've performed well Um, the only disappointment is that there is no fans there to witness it so that's more the point for us we'd love some of the fans to be there to witness it
0: Does the fact that it's Cliftonville make it a wee bit more up the ante in a sense they beat you the last time out and ultimately although none of us knew it at the time denied you a third place finish
2: Yeah I mean Cliftonville's a talented team I've said that since early in the season Um, really talented team Um, can play with the ball in the deck. They can play with the ball in behind. They've got talented players, got a good manager. So, but it makes no difference for us. Um, you know, yes, we lost to them in that last game before the the lockdown, but it wasn't a case of, you know, they, they knocked us out of third. It was, you know, there was events before that, you know, um, we drew with Alvin away. We drew with Carrick, you know, so we had a couple of too many draws there in the month of February, which were disappointing at the time um a lot of factors in that you know we had new players coming in we had weather conditions to deal with i think we played through storm kira storm kira 2.0 <laughs> if you want to call it that so i remember that well <laughs> um but um no we're 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 doesn't matter who you play it's a cup semi final and we know from experience of playing portadown and queens that you can't underestimate anyone um brilliant game we had against portadown tough game we had against queens and um, Cliftonville is going to be much the same. It's going to be a a battle. It's going to be a, a, a brilliant contest, and um, I uh, our players are looking forward to it. They're ready and they're looking forward to it.
0: I'm sure Glen Torren fans listen to the radio be asking, "Is everybody fit? Is everybody up for it? Is there anybody we should be uh, worried about that might not make it?"
2: No, right now we've got right now well, we've got a few boys with niggles, and and you know, but. We've got no serious injuries as of now, um, so everyone from now has the potential to be available. We'll we'll have some checks over these. You know, we have training today, we have training tomorrow, and then we'll have training on Sunday. And we are hopeful that everybody and positive that everybody will be available for selection.
0: And when you look at next week, obviously semi-final to start the week, potentially a final on Friday, and then. A new transfer window opens. Is, is it going to be a, a busy period for your side?
2: Most definitely.
0: That's exciting for the fans. Yes,
2: absolutely. Um, it'll be exciting because we'll be, you know, we have players that will be remaining at the club, which are exciting. Um, we'll be, as with any football club of our size, we'll be, be in the market to strengthen the squad. But we're really excited that a lot of our players have decided to remain with the club, so that's exciting. Um, we have players that are coming back that will be available again. Who, you know, for example, Cameron Stewart was out with a long-term season-ending injury. You know, he'll be back available again. You know, so it's like signing a new player. Um, Hervoy Plum will be back for the start of the new season. You know, so these these are exciting additions that, even though they've been with us, they're going to be available for the
0: 2021 season. What about Nazari? Any news there?
2: Yeah, look, Navid's we're, we're we're confident that Navid will be with us. Um, Navid's a smart lad. Um, we like having him around. I think he likes being here. Navid is uh, part of Glen and I think as the days go by he he he's he's realising this is gonna be the place for him. Um, so we're we're confident that Navid will be with us for the start
0: of next season. Watch this space. Glen Torn fans, uh, Mick McDermott, thanks very much for coming on with the score. Thank you.
4: The Score with Michael
0: Clark. Well, there you have it. All four clubs have had their say. Now they just need to take to the pitch and deliver. Who will be the finalists? You can let us know on social media at The Score NI on Twitter and on Facebook. The Score NI is where you'll find us as well. Before we close out the programme, big news this week, Joel Cooper has agreed terms to move to Oxford United. That'll officially happen when the transfer window opens, but it's a done deal. We know that. We've seen him presented in his new club colors. He'll team up with former Glenavon teammate Mark Sykes. On behalf of everyone on the program, we want to wish him the very best of luck. Great to see another Irish League talent recognized and he really has had a standout season. It would be remiss of me not to mention that on the program. And Darren Murphy has been in touch with us obviously a coach at Linfield who's been working closely with him and he said it's been an absolute pleasure to have worked with Joel the past two years we wish him all the best and continued and deserve success PS top lad also great sentiments to close on from Darren Murphy, great to see Irish league players continuing to be recognised for the talented bunch they are so we'll see some of that talent on display on Monday not quite football as we know it but more subs Drinks, breaks, definitely. Tired legs, passionate managers and assistant managers, you betcha. Score lines, answers on a postcard. Until then, take care of yourself. Have a great weekend.
2: Bye-bye.